Welcome to Word on the Street, a weekly podcast from Barclays UK, where our experts help ordinary investors make sense of the latest news and events impacting the world's financial markets. This week, we discuss the rising chances of a global recession and what we are doing to help investors with Toby Cross, Head of Client Investment Solutions, and Will Hobbs, Chief Investment Officer. Well, in a week that saw 21 Conservative politicians lose their whip and Jarvis Cocker opining that the UK politics had turned into Game of Thrones, perhaps our only beacon of hope is that our national cricket team can hold their heads up high and fly the flag for us at Old Trafford. With me to discuss this and more, our very own soothsayer of strategy, the Emperor of Economics himself, William Hobbs, our Chief Investment Officer. So please join me as I don the helmet of truth and bowl a googly at this week's Word on the Street. First up, Will, the domestic media is obviously rubbernecking the wreckage of another week in Parliament. We have recorded a deep dive, a Brexit special word on the street that is available on uh, all the usual uh, podcast formats. So we're not going to go into it too much. But the storm clouds are gathering for the world economy, aren't they? They're also gathering in Old Trafford last I've looked, actually, Toby. Unfortunately, the England cricket team are not covering themselves in glory, but we won't cover that. Unfortunately, this is not a cricket podcast or a test cricket podcast. You're right. Um, on the world economy, um, the dashboard of recession indicators that we have, none of them infallible in isolation or indeed collectively. But what we can say is that some of these lights have uh, started to flash amber um, a little bit. And the risks of a global global recession um, in the next 12 months do, do seem to be rising a little bit. Well, you, so w- what's going on there then? You went on the record on this podcast a couple of months back um, to say that there was... There, there was no need for an imminent recession. Mm-hmm. Has that changed? Well, I mean, on that podcast, um, on that same podcast and a few others besides, we have talked about the trade tensions between the US and China probably being the key threat um, to the kind of, you know, the near term fate of the world economy. Uh, and that's certainly proving true. Um, this is a wild card. Uh, we can't really second guess the president's uh, next move. Uh, we have been assuming a degree of political self-interest. You know, you've got elections coming uh, next year and the campaign trail heating up pretty soon. Uh, a recession would surely harm uh, the president's chances of uh, re-election. However, we'd be wrong to assume that uh, that he's got uh, the economy on a, on a piece of string for a start. Uh, and what you are finding is that the shockwaves uh, from these escalating tensions are mangling the global manufacturing sector's confidence. Uh, and worryingly, there are some signs that the gloom has been leaking into other more substantial parts of the world. Well, so so the, the obvious point to observe there, again, without getting into the issues around Brexit, etc., is that German factory orders have been sinking. And I see that the narrative amongst the press there is that Germany is on the brink of recession. Is that the right word for it? Yeah, I mean, so what you're looking at is that those economies which are more open, um, and what I mean by that is, um, you know, for the UK and Germany, both of these economies, um, what you find is that exports and imports trade, uh, international trade, um, is high as a percentage of overall GDP. And that tends to be when you get to a certain threshold, we call that, you know, an open, a relatively open economy particularly relative to places like the US, for example, which tends to be a little bit less open. Trade is a less important component um, to GDP. 
Now, what you're finding is that Germany um, is suffering it, uh, suffering these problems a little bit more acutely than other parts of the Europe. A, because it is an open economy, very dependent on trade, but also some of its major trading partners are experiencing more idiosyncratic problems. So Turkey, for instance, is quite a major trading partner of Germany. So is the UK. Um, well, and I was going to say, you educated me on this podcast a little while back about the concept of trade gravity theory, mm-hmm. where countries that are adjacent to one another basically have the largest uh, impact impact on each other's imports and exports. Is Germany being on the so-called brink of recession impacting the UK's position at all in that regard? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, it's certainly um, so far what you're finding with the German economy is that the other parts are still okay. I mean, there have been a little, some more worrying signs in the sort of regional unemployment data, regional employment picture, which gets us a little bit more concerned about the transmission from manufacturing and the more trade-oriented sectors into the wider economy. Um, Because what you tend to find, actually, if you think about it, is that manufacturing, because it's very productive, so what I mean by that is it's just mainly machines doing it quite a lot now, what you tend to find is it's the low employer. Um, So relative to the service sector... So more efficient. More efficient to a certain... You require less people per capita, per unit of output. Um, Whereas the service sector tends to be a very high employer, you know, high number of staff per unit of output. So what you tend to find is that sometimes manufacturing problems can be contained Uh, for a little bit within that sector without it leaking into the jobs market and therefore into consumption, all those kind of things. You are starting to see some signs. Uh, It's not time to sort of, you know, to, 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 to run to a cave and buy tin food and shotguns by no no no, no measure that you know the world economy could still avoid this so could germany um, but it's certain that you know there are some more worrying signs around now we've got into a rather predictable pattern that when it looks like we're heading towards recession we can always rely on central banks around the world cutting interest rates and then that saves us for another six to 12 months is that likely to carry on well, I mean, I, I could test that vision a little bit. I do. I, I, it's certainly um, that certainly has been sort of the case um, to a certain extent, I guess. Um, and central banks are looking busier. Um, you're seeing the ECB, certainly more actions coming there, more interest rate cuts, you know, those kind of things. But I, I'm not sure how helpful that will be. Interest rates are already very, very low in Europe, as we know. Um, the Fed does, the Federal Reserve, the US Central Bank, you know, that they do, they do look like they're going to cut uh, interest rates a few more times. So the market is assuming um, that you're going to get over 100 basis points or around 100 basis points in the next 12 months. So around a percent off interest rates um, in the next 12 months. But the important point here is that you get a lagged effect from interest rates. So interest rate rises or cuts tend to be absorbed quite slowly into the wider economy. It can take a year, year and a half, even two years before interest rate moves up or down or absorbed into the economy. To that extent, it may be a little bit too late what they're planning to do or doing right now in terms of staunching a confidence problem in the manufacturing sector, which has not yet found a flaw. Right. So that's central banks. How about government spending? Sajid Javid stood up yesterday, gave quite frankly a very bullish Uh, chat to everybody, talked about the end of austerity and then gave several examples of how the government was going to be putting money back into the economy, not least a thousand new roles in the diplomatic service, an additional £2.2 billion to the MOD. Um, There are a number of other areas that that, that he he, he promised money, in particular things like half a billion pounds to Birmingham for, uh, for the forthcoming games up there in the next few years. So these were all large amounts of money. Is that likely to have any meaningful impact on the UK economy. 
Yeah, so I mean, there will be some effect from that, some offsetting uh, effects. And you could find, you know, if things get a lot worse, you could find that, um, you know, Germany has famously quite a lot of what's called fiscal space, so room to spend more money without it uh, increasing the debt pile. Um, the Netherlands too. So there is there there is sort of areas where there's a bit more space. Um, I'm not sure how substantial it could be. But one, one point that people are making right now um, is that if you can borrow for... 10, 20, 30 years for, uh, you know, less than inflation in many countries, why wouldn't you? A very good observation. Now, a Scandinavian friend of mine has a, a saying, which is, um, and I won't try and tell you in Swedish, but he, <laughs> Thank you. he says that um, there's no such thing as bad weather, just inappropriate clothing. So as the storm clouds gather economically for us, what garments are you and the investment strategy team putting on for our uh, our investors? Nice, Toby. Nice. I see what you did there. So uh, first thing first, I mean, we have been um, getting a little bit more cautious on the outlook uh, for a while. Uh, so we have reduced... Um, our equity risk and the equities. This is the area really of portfolios and uh, our funds. Uh, it's the asset class most sensitive to the asset uh, to the global economic cycle, or the major asset class that's most sensitive uh, to the global economic cycle. Um, and we've taken a big chunk out of that equity exposure um, uh, in the last six months in medium risk portfolios, uh, in all portfolios actually. But uh, now we are what we would talk about as neutral on our short term view. So we don't have sort of any net not much net positive exposure to, to equity markets. Now, we are you know, watching the situation very closely, obviously, uh, ready to take more drastic action if the need arises. But at the moment, we're still on that fence a little bit. It's not quite clear uh, where the next turn for the world economy is. So useful to have a, a team like yours monitoring, um, monitoring all of the components of that diversified investment portfolio. So, Will, one of the things that you've educated me before about on this podcast is the, the notion of recency bias, this phenomenon that people tend to remember the most recent thing that's happened and then extrapolate that, and push it forward, project it onto the next thing that's coming. Of course, the Great Recession of 2008 was an enormous problem for the world. Are we looking at that scenario again? Or even if we're looking at recession, is it going to be different? Well, I mean, uh, the recovery from this, uh, that last uh, terrible crisis has been a, a very strong one for markets in many ways. You know, stock markets have returned incredible amounts, um, you know, for those that were uh, lucky enough to get in uh, in you know March 2009. Um but I think the answer to that in terms of uh, the next recession, not from our current vantage point. I mean, at the moment, the recession that may be on the cards um, looks to be more of a technical nature, not the kind of thing that the bards would write about necessarily um, or get the bards singing. I mean, the point that we would make is that there just aren't the kind of imbalances that would require the correcting forces um, contained in a major recession. Um, we've pointed out for a while that U.S. consumers and businesses still look in good you know, underlying health. Uh, so credit and mortgage delinquencies are low. Um, you know, if you look at sort of, you know, the you can look at a sort of measure of private sector free cash flow. So how um, companies and consumers are funding their purchases. And again, there's not much cause for alarm there. Um, and there are also some signs that, you know, major multinationals are actually adapting to this, um, you know, this apparent new reality in trade. Um, and that would chime actually with some of the more, uh, some of the experiences of previous periods of rising international trade barriers. Um, you know, growth can continue, um, but there is an adjustment period. Um, and that's maybe what we're going through right now. Well, well, thank you very much. 
helpful and insightful as ever. As we enter the uh, the early part of autumn, I hope that as the clouds gather, all we're feeling is uh, the the rain of autumn and not the tears of a million British cricket fans. But with that, I need to thank you for your insight and for joining us. Also, a remorseless plug for our Word on the Street Brexit special, which is also available. And uh, to wish you an excellent weekend, we look forward to catching up with you on this podcast next time. All investments can fall as well as rise in value, and their past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. This podcast is not a personal investment recommendation.